0: They offer you candy, they are most likely human. They offer to probe you, they are most likely not. I like the qualifier of most likely. Most (laughs) likely not. Welcome everyone to our first Halloween edition of Super Sci Fi Party! Ah, ah, ah. <clears throat> Super Sci Fi Party, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to fun science fiction movies, TV shows, games, and more. I'm your host, Todd Kay, and with me as always is my co host, Mega Scott. How are you today, Mega Scott?
1: Doing well. Teeth are feeling clean.
0: That is a good way to be. You can definitely tell it's the Halloween season outside. The leaves are changing, there's a chill in the air, and I am feeling Halloweeny. Are you feeling Halloweeny, Scott?
1: <laughs> Not touching that one.
0: You don't want to touch the Halloween? No. I suppose that is a choice that needs to be made by every person for themselves. It's definitely going to be an unusual Halloween this year due to COVID-19. And I think a lot of people are going to miss out on the Halloween activities that they're used to. But, hey, that's why we're bringing you a dose of Halloween fun today. In fact, we're actually going to bring you another dose of Halloween fun with a second Halloween episode later this month, and then possibly a special Halloween event on October 31st just for you. So make sure you check back in with us later in October. Today we're talking about Monsters vs. Aliens! Mutant Pumpkins From Outer Space Which of course Is an animated Halloween TV special Which was a sequel To the very popular Animated movie Monsters vs. Aliens Did you ever see The original Scott?
1: Oh definitely Saw that one a few times Very fun
0: Yeah it's really Really well done The Halloween special Was produced by DreamWorks Animation Which of course Was started by Steven Spielberg Jeffrey Katzenberg And David Geffen Uh, Quite a while back at this point. In case you didn't see the original Monsters vs. Aliens, it's a feature film about a meteor full of space gunk that transforms Susan Murphy into a giant. The government renames her Gynormica and confines her to a secret compound with other monsters they've captured. When an extraterrestrial robot lands on Earth and begins a rampage, General W.R. Munger persuades the president to send Ginormica and her fellow monsters to battle the machine and save the planet. Did you think that was a, a really good animated film or just kind of so-so? Or what were your thoughts on the original Monsters vs. Aliens, Scott?
1: Uh, I really loved the concept, the Monsters vs. Aliens, and I thought they did a wonderful job with it.
0: Yeah, a lot of people mistakenly think that Monsters vs. Aliens was Pixar because it's so well done, but in fact, DreamWorks knocked it out of the park, and that is probably why they were able to have a television Halloween special uh, later the same year. Monsters vs. Aliens, Mutant Pumpkins from Outer Space, talk about a nice short title, (laughs) is an animated Halloween special that first aired in the U.S. on October 28, 2009 on NBC Television. The special, of course, was based on the movie, which was from March 2009. What else was happening in entertainment at this time in 2009, Scott?
1: Well, we focused mainly on TV because it was a TV special. So on the competing channels, we had It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, The New Adventures of Old Christine, and the World Series
0: pregame. Now, that's some tight competition.
1: Yeah, probably not a whole lot of overlap between the World Series pregame and the monsters versus
0: alien crowd. Yeah, but I could see instead of monsters versus aliens, it could become children versus parents. Yeah, definitely. For control of the family television.
1: See, I'm trying to remember the new adventures of old Christine, what that was. Uh, Wasn't that the... Who the girl played Elaine Boosler in Seinfeld.
0: It was indeed the next vehicle for her, I believe, after Seinfeld, yep. I don't know that I ever saw more than an episode or two. It seemed like she lived with her brother, who was kind of strange. I can relate. (laughs) Moving on, Mutant Pumpkins from Outer Space, as I'm going to call it from here on out, because Monsters vs. Aliens Mutant Pumpkins from Outer Space is too much of a mouthful, even for a giant mouth like mine. Ooh. It was written by Adam F. Goldberg. Yes, that Adam F. Goldberg, who, of course, created the Goldbergs. It was directed by Peter Ramsey, who is best known for Sony Pictures Animation's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Now, I know you and I both love that animated film.
1: That was definitely a, a fun trip.
0: That might actually be my favorite, most favorite Spider-Man movie, uh, animated or live action. <laughs> Simply amazing. If you haven't seen it, we both give two giant sci-fi thumbs up to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Supreme excellent in animation. Today, Scott, you don't know this at all, mm. but uh, you're going to enjoy it. Today, we're going to play a game called Name That Monster. <laughs> Uh-oh. For some reason, the creators of Monsters vs. Aliens decided to use characters that closely resembled But we're different than classic movie monsters. So I'm going to name each character from Monsters vs. Aliens, and don't cheat by looking at my screen, (laughs) and you guess what classic monster each is based on. All right. Are you ready? I am ready. Do you have your classic monster face on? Oh, you certainly do. (laughs) Always. Reese Witherspoon played Susan Murphy, who is also known as Ginormica. What classic monster... Was the character Ginormica based on? I believe
1: that was Attack of the 50-foot Woman.
0: Correct. Attack of the 50-foot Woman, which was a sci-fi horror film from 1958. Mm. In the movie, Seth Rogen played B, period O, period B, who they called Bob, who was basically a living glob of gelatin. Uh, Can you tell us what character was that based off of?
1: I believe that would be The Blob.
0: Correct. Another horror movie, actually from the same year, 1958, was The Blob. For bonus points, Scott, what does B.O.B. stand for in mutant pumpkins from outer space?
1: Benzoate-ostalazine-bicarbonate.
0: Easy for you to say. I'm going to have to take your word for it. Hugh Laurie played Dr. Cockroach, Ph.D., who was a small man with a cockroach head. And what classic monster was that based on? The Fly. Correct again. The Fly, also from 1958. That must have been a great year for sci-fi and horror. Sounds like it. 1958. For bonus points, what was the name of the scientist who turned into The Fly in The Fly? <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, you got me on that one. Uh. Scientist Andre Delambre. Hmm. Yeah, I had no idea about that either. I looked it up because it suddenly occurred to me that I had no idea who the fly was.
1: Nope. When someone asks who the fly is, I'm like, uh, Jeff Goldblum, Goldblum
0: yeah. from the remake. <laughs> also in Mutant Pumpkins from Outer Space, Will Arnett played the missing link, who is basically a kind of chubby merman. What classic monster was he based on?
1: I believe that was Creature from the Black Lagoon.
0: Another correct answer, and that makes a clean sweep for you in our game. Uh, Of course, from the classic horror movie Creature from the Black Lagoon from 1954. I actually remember seeing Creature from the Black Lagoon on television growing up in reruns, of course, because we are far too young to have seen that in first run. Yeah. And also, they weren't playing cinema movies on TV back in the 50s. But I also remember that there was a special... I I forget if it was from the newspaper or the TV channel itself, but someone made a 3D version of it that you could actually watch on your old school tube television. Really? If you put the glasses on, you could see it in 3D. And we watched it in 3D. You have no memory of this at all, do you? No, I don't. We were fairly young. Um, but we actually got to see Creature from the Black Lagoon in 3D off of television. It was terrible 3D, but it kind of worked, and it was exciting if you were a kid in the 80s. <laughs> this movie also stars non-monsters Kiefer Sutherland as General W.R. Munger, pun intended, I'm sure, War Munger, and Rain Wilson from The Office as Wicked Jack. Within the universe of the film, this Halloween special actually takes place Only a few months after Monsters vs. Aliens. As the film opens, we see a flying saucer hovering over a pumpkin patch. Suddenly, the UFO releases its, uh, let's call it biological alien waste. (laughs) You know, things that go into the toilet. Uh, onto the pumpkin patch. It comes out of the flying saucer and squirts onto the pumpkin patch. Just as a subject sidebar... 99% of our audience doesn't know this, but there was a time when I used to work in the entertainment department on cruise ships, and I mention this because when you were on a cruise ship, guess where your uh, biological waste that you flush down the toilet goes when you're at sea? A farmer's field of pumpkins? (laughs) You nailed it! No. (laughs) Some, Some of it is actually recycled through biological filters and... It doesn't become drinking water again, but it's used for other things, cooling engines and whatnot, but most of it is actually dumped into the ocean. Take that, Aquaman. <laughs> it's highly regulated, and you have to be a certain amount of kilometers away from land, but it just goes right into the ocean. So really, nice. these aliens were just giving us a taste of our own medicine by dumping their waste onto our onto our farmer's field. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> End subject sidebar. So the plot of our movie, the aliens were just using a a similar philosophy when they dumped their waste in the pumpkin patch. The flying saucer triggers an alert at the government installation where our hero monsters live and work. And the monsters are, of course, dispatched to find the aliens in Gynarmica's hometown of Modesto, California, which just happens to be the site of the first Monsters vs. Alien movie. It is Halloween night as the monsters arrive on the scene, and at that moment, the pumpkins from the waste-soaked pumpkin patch reveal arms, legs, mouth, and eyes, showing themselves to be mutated alien pumpkins who attack the suburb. Our hero monsters defend the neighborhood and must find a way to defeat the mutant pumpkins from outer space. What were your initial impressions, Scott? To me, the first thing that hit me as I saw the beginning was that the animation is amazing.
1: Yeah, the special effects were awesome. The soundtrack had that kind of 50s, 60s uh, UFO kind of theme to it. As someone I know likes to say, we'll get there. (laughs) Now, I will admit I was a little disappointed that the pumpkins themselves were not actually from outer space. They were just mutated from space waste.
0: I see what you're saying Uh, for me the whole the whole feel of Halloween is extremely well represented and I'm a straight-up Halloween freak as are you so anything Halloween is always great their whole setting their whole subdivision was all super decorated for Halloween and ginormica's parents are having a Halloween party and their house looks spectacular their yard looks spectacular the whole suburb looks spectacular Um, If you're looking to get into the Halloween mood, I highly recommend watching this special for that, if for nothing else. Although there are other great things about it, but the Halloween mood that it gives you is really something special.
1: Yeah, it kind of made me want to move there, you know, just to be
0: in that neighborhood (laughs) during Halloween. I I want to jump into the television. (laughs) It's just the whole feel of Halloween is extremely well represented.
1: Definitely. Definitely.
0: The Blob, Seth Rogen, at one point, it really made me laugh when he tries to eat all the candy so the mutated pumpkins can't get it. Because <laughs> in the story, the mutated pumpkins actually get larger the more candy they eat, uh, just like us. <laughs> we don't usually get any trick-or-treaters, and there most certainly well, won't be any this year. Uh, but do you think we're going to buy less candy? Oh, no. No, no, no. no. We got to support the industry. <laughs> that's That's right. Because the candy manufacturers like Reese's and uh, they, they need our help. They they don't have enough money. Snickers. Don't worry, our support is coming soon. <laughs> we will be there to rescue the candy economy. Uh, speaking of Seth Rogen, who is a favorite actor of mine or a comedic actor. Uh, Movie Web asked Seth Rogen, in these monsters versus alien movies, you've obviously had to explore the world of monsters and aliens. So do you have any theories like alien abduction theories or anything like that? And Seth said, do I personally? No, but I do believe in monsters, oddly enough. Uh, I think they're under my bed, but aliens are ridiculous. Monsters, I think, are completely real. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like something Seth Rogen would say. Yeah it, does. yeah, it does. In the story, all the pumpkins at one point merged together to form a mega pumpkin. Thus, the Mega Scott from earlier.
1: The Mega Pumpkin.
0: All right. And the way to destroy the giant mutant Mega Pumpkin is to feed it too much candy. And I was wondering if I put on a Mega Pumpkin costume if kids would try to feed me too much candy. Ah, we can only hope. There's only one way to find (laughs) out. Now, I intentionally left out one specific monster from the film named Insectosaurus, who was a giant moth. And, of course, the classic monster it's created after is Mothra. Mothra from the Godzilla series. I left it out because it's too easy for you since you were a super-duper Godzilla freak. True. Are you wearing Godzilla underwear right now? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I'm like, if not, it must be dirty. (laughs) Insectosaurus is actually wearing an Elvis Presley costume. So if you can imagine a three-story Elvis Presley costume, it's something to behold. I looked at that, and I was like, hey, that one might fit me. Boom. (laughs) Anyway, we're not going to waste any time today. We're going to get right to it. As we do every episode, we're going to talk about each of us separately when viewing the show. came up with our top three most fun moments, and we're going to give them individually and see if we came up with the same moments or different moments. We're going to talk about the top three most fun moments that we saw in the special. So I'm going to let you start with your number three most top fun moment.
1: Number three was when they did a uh, nice homage to E.T. Link and Dr. Cockroach pull up in front of a house on a bike. Cockroach, Dr. Cockroach, sorry. He earned that title.
0: Uh, He went to... He went to Cockroach College, (laughs) then got his Cockroach Master's degree. That's right. And then went for the Cockroach PhD. Yep, so Link
1: is riding the bike. Cockroach is in the uh, basket on the front with a towel over his head that kind of looks like the hoodie from E.T., and that just stood out. That was great.
0: E.T., of course, refers to E.T. the Extraterrestrial, which is a film from the mid early to mid-'80s. Sounds right. Created by Steven Spielberg. Not really a scary Halloween film, although it did have a Halloween scene in it, or scenes.
1: Yep, yeah. And introduced us to Reese's Pieces. Oh, mm,
0: That it did. And that was your number three most fun moment from Mutant Pumpkins from Outer Space. Yes. My third most fun moment from Mutant Pumpkins from Outer Space was there was just a random, what you would call an extra if it wasn't an animated film. Um, A scene starts, and you can hear the theme song from the movie Halloween, which is a horror movie from the late 1970s. And then it turns out, one of the extras walks on the screen, and it's actually the ringtone from his phone. Nice. Which I thought was super cool, and I love it when all of a sudden... You get a practical sound that you thought was just—you thought it was just incidental music or music just coming from the background—and then all of a sudden, you can see that it's actually source music, as they call it, because you can see the source that it's coming from. I think I might, uh, for the rest of October, change my ringtone to the Halloween theme. Sweet. It's quite classic if you haven't heard it. It's simply a couple of piano notes, and it it was actually written by the director who had never done a film score before. So it's really something to check out. It's the Halloween theme, and you can definitely get it as a ringtone on your phone. So, Scott, what was your number two most fun moment from Mutant Pumpkins from Outer Space? Number two involves Insectosaurus. As the
1: giant pumpkin monster is coming back, Because they thought they got it, and then it starts coming back at them. Insectosaurus, dressed as Elvis, goes blasting through the pumpkin head, exploding it, and saving the day.
0: And showering the town with candy. This wouldn't have anything at all to do with your immense love of giant monsters. No, not at all. No, not at all. Don't know what you're talking about. Didn't you recently show me some kind of article... About Godzilla, and I think it was a Godzilla museum maybe in Japan.
1: Yes, over in Japan, they I believe they had their grand opening this week of a Godzilla museum. And as part of it, you get to zip line down into a life size Godzilla head like through his mouth and then out the other side.
0: Uh, I definitely want to zip line through Godzilla's mouth before I die. That would be very fun. Or maybe that would be how I die. (laughs) If it went tragically wrong, and the actual Godzilla was sitting there with his mouth open. See, that's a way he could just get some extra snacks. Heck yeah. Seems like, don't they also have a hotel in Japan that has a Godzilla kind of perching around it with his head on top of it?
1: There there is a hotel in Japan with a giant Godzilla statue outside. And if you pay a little extra, you can get one of the rooms where you're... It looks like Godzilla is looking into your room as you're sleeping and whatever. Oh, I would so pay extra for
0: that. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Sometime we're going to have to go to Japan just to pay tribute to Godzilla. And scare the people. (laughs) That's right. And be the two largest men in Japan. (laughs) My number two most fun moment from Mutant Pumpkins from outer space was Ginerg's parents were having a Halloween party and they're kind of pointing out the features of the party. And they point over and they say, there's a death by chocolate fountain at the (laughs) Halloween party. Nice. To which one of the characters immediately runs over and starts sucking down chocolate. And I started thinking, I don't know that I've ever actually been to a party that has a chocolate fountain. Ooh, I have. You see it on TV and in movies, but it never really, what? (laughs) Yep, it was a
1: a wedding reception. Whoa. And actually ended up uh, hanging out with the bridesmaid. And we talked her into getting one of the cups, filling it up with chocolate from the chocolate fountain, and doing a shot of chocolate.
0: Nice. Yeah, it was cool. Did they have things there that you could actually dip into the chocolate, I assume? Oh, yeah,
1: there were like cookies and fruits and stuff that you could dip in there, but why bother? You just get the cup and fill it up.
0: So I'm assuming they didn't have any kind of like syringes or hoses available so you could just mainline (laughs) the chocolate directly into your veins. So you're like, this cup is going to be the second best way.
1: Exactly.
0: Nice. Well, I have never been to a party with a chocolate fountain that I can recall. I'm looking forward to the day that that happens. We need to make that happen. We need to have another Halloween party maybe next year if COVID's gone away and we can actually have people inside. and Death by chocolate fountain. Sounds good put it at every party, and then I will show up. Because that's what everybody wants is some strange stranger. (laughs) Strange stranger. Strange stranger going, where's the chocolate fountain? All right, here we go. The big moment for your list. What was your number one most fun moment in Mutant Pumpkins from Outer Space?
1: Strangely enough, it takes us back to the beginning of the movie. Actually, just after your Halloween ringtone happened. Mutant pumpkins have put up a sign because they're trying to distribute themselves throughout the town for the attack. And the sign reads, free pumpkins for all humans, spelled with Z's for S's. Then a guy and his family pull up in a minivan. He looks over, reads the sign, and then he gets all excited and he's like, I'm a human, sign me up. I also
0: love that moment. Free pumpkins for humans. You know that would work really well too. Yeah, it would. We would never question it. If some if somebody's giving something away for free, people will flock there like like seagulls to a beach full of fast food waste. Sweet. I don't know why that's the first thing that popped into my head. Since we certainly haven't been to the beach in quite a while, but yes, free pumpkins for humans was indeed a brilliant idea that worked really well in the movie, as it would in real life. My number one most fun moment from Mutant Pumpkins from Outer Space was when Dr. Cockroach, Ph.D., was speaking to another team member who asked him how to tell who's a human and who's an alien, and he said, They offer you candy? They are most likely human. They offer to probe you? They are most likely not.
1: I like the qualifier of most likely.
0: (laughs) Most likely not. It's possible, but most likely not. See, he's the, in theory, the most intelligent member of the team, although really it ends up being ginormica more often than not. I just, uh, for some reason, it has struck (laughs) struck me uh, as really being funny. They offer you candy. They are most likely human. They offer to probe you. They are most likely not.
1: Now kids
0: And remember kids If you're out there at real Halloween And someone offers to probe you Turn around and run away All right, as we like to do every episode We like to talk about the music In our topic of the week And in Monsters vs. Aliens Mutant Pumpkins from Outer Space The score was composed by Henry Jackman Are you familiar with Henry Jackman? Uh, Actually yes did you look it up just for this show? No, I actually knew the name from Wreck-It Ralph. Ah, nice. We'll stay. We'll saddle up for this because I'm going to uh, read the credits of his more well-known movies that for which he has created the music. Sweet. Kong, Skull Island, X-Men: First Class, Wreck-It Ralph, Puss in Boots. Monsters vs. Aliens, Captain Phillips, Captain America: The Winter Soldier, Captain America: Civil War, Kick Ass, Kick Ass 2, Big Hero 6, The Interview, as well as the video games Uncharted 4, Thief's End, and Disney Infinity 2.0. <gasps> nice job, nice job. So he's so he's done just one or two uh, popular movies. Apparently, so he uh, he's a name. That is known among film composer circles and uh, music composer circles where I run, but I don't know a lot of necessarily people on the street that know Henry Jackman, but he has done a lot of really cool movies, and I'm completely jealous of his career. Uh, prior to his big career, he worked with and was mentored by ultra-famous film composer Hans Zimmer. Ah. Now, Hans is a household name, and maybe after another 20 years, Jackman will get his due... Among the regular people. But for now, he's going to have to just settle with his super luxury mansion and giant (laughs) recording studio and hit movie after hit movie. Somehow, he'll have to struggle on.
1: Yeah, that's rough. I feel bad for the guy.
0: I weep for you, Mr. Jackman, and all your super amazing film credits. In addition to the score for this 30-minute animated special, there was a little bit of soundtrack Um, we mentioned the halloween theme ringtone which kept playing even after that character was off the screen there was also the monster mash which was being played at ginormica's parents house and i have to say i will always have a soft spot in my heart for monster mash it's really the first as far as i can remember the first halloween theme song that i ever heard how about you Yeah?
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think back, and I really think it is the first Halloween
0: theme song. It is the classic of classics. If you want to, if you're making a television show, a movie, a game, uh, whatever, and you start playing Monster Mash, people immediately know that it's supposed to be Halloween or horror themed. So I like the fact that they pulled out the old classic and stuck it in there. Also, I don't know if you caught it, but at the very end of the film, When a zombie carrot rises from the ground, uh, there's actually a little bit of the soundtrack from Psycho. Nice. Which is a horror film from 1960 that featured a deranged man who dressed up as his dead mother and murdered people. Oh, and he kept his dead mother in the house uh, as a mummified corpse in a rocking chair.
1: Yeah, you got to have hobbies.
0: So that's lighthearted fun for the whole family. (laughs) Uh, that about wraps up the music, unless you have anything else to say about that.
1: Uh, no, like I was alluding to earlier, it it fit the
0: theme perfectly, added to the whole Halloween vibe. It was just great. It absolutely did. Well, that was a short Halloween special, and this is going to be a short sci-fi fun podcast. So do you have anything else to say today about our topic?
1: Uh, just that people should go out and find it. I know where we watched it was on Netflix. I don't know if they're going to be showing it on network TV, but they
0: might be. And, of course, to all you grown-ups who dress as pirates on the inside all year long, I'm sure you can find places on the internet where you might be able to get that, uh, that movie another way. Arg. Arg. Anyway, that wraps up Monsters vs. Aliens Mutant Pumpkins from Outer Space. Yeah! Let's applaud ourselves again. Yeah! We rock! Go us! We're the best. I don't know. I don't know why people applaud themselves at the end of when they're done doing something. (laughs) because they want other
1: people to applaud, and if they start it, then the people will join in, like our huge audience.
0: Yeah, but we sit here at the back of this giant sci-fi party every week with the robots and the aliens all dancing out on their super electronic yeah. dance floor, and nobody applauds when we get to the end of the podcast. What's that about?
1: Uh, probably because we're in a soundproof booth and they
0: can't hear us. Mm, so what you're saying is I need to work on my sound effects more?
1: Yeah.
0: Maybe next time. <laughs> Uh, speaking of next time, be sure to join us again for more sci-fi Halloween fun on October 28th, 2020 for another sci-fi Halloween episode. And then we might, just might, be doing something special on October 31st, 2020. So be sure to join us again later in the month for more sci-fi Halloween fun. Thank you for joining us for a super sci-fi party. If you want to drop us a line, you can hit us up at party at SuperSciFiParty.com. Of course, our website is SuperSciFiParty.com. Hit us up. Tell us what you thought about the episode, what you think about mutant pumpkins from outer space, what you think about Halloween, or anything else that's on your mind. We would love to hear it. Again, thank you for joining us today for Super Sci-Fi Party. I'm Todd Kay. I'm Scott Kay. And in the immortal words of Doc Brown from Back to the Future, the future is whatever you make it. So, make it a good one. All right. We'll see everybody. Have a good time. And we'll see you again next time for more Super Sci-Fi Park. See ya.